0: Hey guys, welcome to For The Kudos Q&A session 24. I'm your host Brett and I'm here with
1: Joel. How are you doing, Joel? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Very good. Perfect. Going well. Um, Guess what came out this morning? Yes. (laughs) The blue line. People are going to be like, do these guys record in real time? (laughs) (laughs) Let's
0: hope no hiccups between now and actually getting released. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's uh, exciting, the blue line. First edition. Came out this morning. So hopefully everyone got to have a read of that over there with their morning coffee. Yeah. But um, yeah, have a read. If you have any feedback on it, let us know. If you have any ideas on what you want to read about and stuff like that, just, yeah, we're always open to hear about it.
1: Yes. Um, oh, what, what I will say is we're running the, um, we're going to be sharing the editions of the Blue Line through the Grattan House Instagram. Um, so... If you do have it if you do want to contact us or get in, in touch with us um, contact us through the Grattan house Instagram just because we get our FTK inbox just gets flooded yeah so it's we were often missing things um, but yeah exciting giveaway that we've decided on yep um, and exciting that we actually have
0: some t-shirts coming yes true I, this is your this is your passion <laughs> <You've been laughs> I mean, is why I got into this industry <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we have we have some uh, FTK FTK T-shirts to give away. We have got ten of them. We're going to give away. Um, so to be in the running for that, when the blue line first drops, share it. Share Grattan House's last post. Yeah, which is about the blue line to your story uh, on Instagram. With a, yeah, Instagram. Sorry, with a link to the blue where line where it is on on
1: the yep. line. Yeah, so you can either link to the blueline.substack.com or there should be a link where, so not there should be, there will be a link when the first edition drops at the bottom of the page. You can scroll down when the edition comes to your email. You can click, it'll say, did you enjoy this blue line um, edition um, or issue? Uh, Do you want to share it? And you can share, copy link. And then that link is in your clipboard and then you share it via the Instagram story link sticker. Yeah, it does sound complicated for <laughs> those. If you can't work it out, you don't deserve a t shirt. Exactly. Right. So yeah, you can be in the running for one of ten. So yeah, we're giving away ten t shirts there. They're and pretty they're, cool. They're pretty cool, and they're all extra, extra, extra large because that was what we got on sale. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> imagine that.
0: Um, good interview with Sarah this week. Yeah, it was really good. It was funny. Um, she was a bit
1: nervous before. She How pulled- long did it take for us to lock that in? And just like, you know, oh, yeah, just I know. Yeah, we would ask her and she just thought we were like taking the piss out of her. She we're goes, like, what, no, me? Want you, yeah, she goes, you, you guys have proper elite athletes on. And I said, Sarah, I bloody host it. What? Am I? <laughs> yeah. And then once I said that, she's like, oh, yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> that, was a, that was like, I'll come on and host. Um, um, but now it's one of our best performing episodes.
0: So yeah. people did want to hear from Sarah.
1: That's right. And they'll be hearing from her again in the coming weeks on a elite athlete Q&A session with her. So it'd be a good chance for people to ask questions um, because, well, you know, people might listen back to that and go, oh, geez, the boys didn't, you know, ask him any questions. Not our fault. We wanted to. We had a big, long list of questions. And she said, I have to go out for lunch. I know. She has a priority straight. Um, And Movember is coming
0: up. Yeah. So yeah, we're about to start growing our mo. So come support us, please. Let's raise some money. Yeah. Um, join and, join, yeah, the, uh, join the
1: FTK team. team if you are going to be growing a mo. And if you cannot grow a mo, um, please just donate to either. Myself, Brett, any of your friends and family, um, yeah. or get in on
0: one of the other challenges and raise money through that way. That's but, right. Um,
1: and mow your own way. We're still yeah. taking requests for any interesting things. Um, you know, people doing extraordinary things throughout the month of November for us to talk about on air, um, and that way we can support and, and fundraise for the for a great cause that way. So yeah. you don't you don't just have to grow a mow. Uh, yeah, one of my athletes messaged me messages us today and said that if he, he's growing a moat and I think he, once he gets to $500, he'll shave his head as well. Yeah. So. Thank you, Jacob Gower, for that one. Yeah. Perfect. Well, let's get straight into this Q&A session. Um, this will be the last Q&A session for just myself and you for a few weeks because um, we're going to do some elite athlete Q&As. Yeah. We will not be telling you who's coming on next week because <laughs> it's a surprise. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so the first one here from
0: uh, Jacob Savry. Do you make up a session if you feel shit and stop the reps early, or do you wait until the next week?
1: Yeah, interesting. Um, I think, yeah. Look, making up a session as a, as a coach when an athlete asks me to do this it throws out the rest of the week. Yeah. If you've if you've and obviously if you feel shit and you've had to stop the reps early, it's for a reason. So if you're then going to go and chase try and chase it the next day, well then that's bringing the recovery time to your next session closer and there's probably a good, maybe you might feel better the next day and you might be able to attempt it better but then you're probably going to be a bit tired for the next, say, your threshold session if you've know if you gone from, say, Tuesday, Friday. Um, I think as a coach, it's like stick to the plan. If, if you haven't been able to complete a session, you just reset on the day and start fresh the next day. That's my advice.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think... Especially if you've got through a few few reps and then like bailed on it. You've already like pushed your body hard. You've taken that impact. If you come back to it again the next day, you're not used to doing that. Yeah. So I think the risk versus reward is just is way too high here. So I would always just forget about it. Continue with your week. Use that as – if because if, there's probably a reason why you're feeling tired or yeah. why it didn't get done. So just exactly. use that as a recovery day. Yeah. Forget about it. I think get it out of your head is yeah. what you need to do and then just come back next week and just continue with normal training.
1: Yeah, it is definitely – it's it's hard, I suppose. You know, you had that with your big major marathon workout before – what was it before? London 2020, yeah. Yeah, and it's like it's very – I would say that is an instance where it is hard for you not yeah. to play on your head but yep. you just have to.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I wanted to go back the next day and do it I think yeah and, uh, I remember you
1: saying that because we were yeah. cooling down together and I was like mate you've cooked it Like, yeah. just chill out
0: yeah I think or I even wanted to like go and do a threshold that evening do yeah. a double session day and then Nick was like no nah, don't yeah. worry about
1: it and that's but, right because Nick's a good coach and he yeah. knows and that's why you know sometimes you need a coach Um often with my athletes who were doing marathon blocks a lot of them do not finish that last major marathon workout. Um, they either don't finish it to time or they just get cooked during it and they just can't, they like throw off the pace a lot and they that with that comes like a lack of confidence going mm. to the race and then they race fucking awesome yeah. and then they're like, oh shit, it didn't matter.
0: I actually, my before London this year, my last like big session, it wasn't like a real big one but it was 16K of K on K off. I actually didn't get to do it because I was sick Oh, and, I went, and I started warming up and he was like Let, like see how you feel and I got into the warm I was like nah, to... I'm, I'm yeah. rush it and so I just didn't didn't do it at all but and then I was kind of like oh like Sandy Nick on like I need to do something and he was like no nah, just yeah. like continue normal with the week." like that was literally just a thing to turn the legs over yeah You've It is got like, like a, all it, the weeks Honestly, the only marathon. reason you're doing that is like for a little confidence yeah. thing just so you, you feel good and like it does suck when you miss it but it wasn't you weren't going to get fitter from that no. so um, yeah, no, you just, not. the best thing
1: is just continue with your training and, yeah, and not one, no it. one session makes you a better runner. Yeah, it's exactly. The, the weeks and weeks and weeks. Um, yeah, a bit of a deeper question, anonymously written here. Um, do you look back on your careers so far and have anything you would have done differently? Is there anything you would have done differently um, looking back on your careers? You know, put another way, what do you wish you knew at, say, 16 to 18 years old that you know now? Um, and then the second part of the question on the flip side of that is have you had any pivotal moments in your careers where things could have gone poorly but you caught a break slash made a good decision? So what have been some pivotal, pivotal moments? But let's start with the looking back on the on what would you have done differently.
0: Um, yeah, that's a lot to break down in that question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I reckon, yeah, I reckon maybe when I was 22, 23 and I made my first World Champs team, made the final... And I was like, literally, thought I just made it. Like I thought, like I thought, I'm like, ah, oh, I'm going to be a good runner. Yeah, my career is just going to go get better every year. Yeah, like, like I oh, came 15th this year. Next year I'll come eighth, and then I'll be like right up there. And I just didn't really. It's not like, how it works, is it? Yeah, but I just didn't really like. I literally just thought I was just like king shit, really, and yeah. that I was just going to be good and didn't really do anything to be good. Yeah. Um. And then like got a few years down the track, I'm like. I'm no better than I was yeah. and I'm like, fuck, I've just kind of just wasted a few years here. And yeah, so kind of that hung. it wasn't that I wasn't hungry, it was just like I wasn't desperate like I was before. Yeah. I just thought I'd just keep doing the same thing and just come along. It's the des- desperation that got yeah. you there yeah. and then you get complacent. I thought I'd made it yeah. and then, yeah, so I th- think I would have, if I could go back, I would do that a bit differently and just be like, all right, I'm still... Like yeah, I don't know not so you, you always got to think like you got to get better, and you, yeah, yeah, you haven't made it because yeah. when you do slack off, then, then yeah, things just catch up with you quickly, and then yeah, you realize you're a few years
1: down the track, and yeah, for sure. Or yeah. the the alternative to that is if you do want to be the king and act like the most arrogant athlete on earth, you need to then train as if all your competitors are uh, like like the Michael Jordan sort of way of yeah. doing things. He thought he was the best, and he knew he was the best, but he's like, I'm gonna train like so hard and be as professional and like a whole other level above everyone else. So then you stay at that sort of level. You know, maybe Jakob Ingebrigtsen is a bit similar to that. Whereas if you think you're the king and then you're like, ah, but I can't be doing anything different to what anyone else is doing, you're not going to be the king. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mine's Um, definitely, um, mine without a doubt, would be leaving triathlon earlier. You know, I transitioned back from triathlon when I was 20. I think I went to running when I was 23, 24. Is that right? 22, geez. I don't know. 2017. But I would have preferred to, you know, I made my last World Juniors in 2013. So that was yeah, four, yeah. four years of like trying to make it as an under 23 triathlete. Should have just made World Juniors and gone straight back to running. Yeah. Because that would have, I would have been four years ahead. Whereas it's taken me, yeah, four, four years, five years of injury and, you know, trying to adapt to the running load. And it's like, I'm 28 now. Yeah. I could have been 24.
0: I think that's with mine as well. It was like that I, I just thought I would just keep progressing, and then like you get a little injury, yeah. And then the first one, you're like, I oh, don't know, I just have the time off, get back into it, and then another one comes, and then another one comes, and then you're like, okay, I haven't done much the last two years, yeah. And it's now it's getting harder for sure. Where, yeah. So maybe if there was times where I had been more diligent with all those Definitely. kind of one percenters,
1: then I would have been able to be better. But, yeah. It's yeah. also not. I don't know if you're similar to me, but like I don't. Even though I do have, I suppose, that regret, that's because I'm being asked it. Yeah. And I'm thinking, okay, if I look back, what would I have done differently for sure? But I don't dwell on it. I don't no, fucking it and go, I oh, wish I was a tr- went back. Yeah, I, I, I think live. like the way I've always
0: approached things, like I've always been like, oh, never want to like make a decision or not make a decision and be like, oh, and then down in the trap, like, oh, what if I did this? Like yeah. I've always just like believed 100% in what I was doing at the yeah. time. Um, And if it hasn't worked out, it hasn't worked
1: out. But- that's a better, way better way. You yeah, end up being happier. Yeah. Um, what about the pivotal moment in your career where something went poorly but you caught a break? Um, Anything you can think of there? John, me to answer while you think. Yeah. Mine would be when I broke my foot in a, a Bandura Bundura cross country. Um, it was myself, Jack Rayner and Andy Buchanan sprinting down the first hill at Bundura, and my foot like imploded in on itself Mm. going around one of the corners and I finished the race and went to see the sports doctor, got a scan, found out I had like a one centimetre it's called compression fracture. So it's like when the bones press together and there was cartilage damage, like serious cartilage damage in between the two bones. And I remember the sports doctor that I said at the time said like, he was like, oh, wow, like this is crazy. He goes, I would, he was talking about joint fusion saying, I probably would never run pain-free again. The cartilage is totally cooked. And I remember just being so stressed out. And then he sort of changed the treatment plan a little bit and said, hey, let's wait because you've got so much pain in the foot, (coughs) pardon me, why don't we wait for the bone to heal, and then we can decide if the cartilage is a problem? And the bone healed; I never felt anything. Yeah. Okay. So, it's like, that was definitely a lucky break. I was thinking, "Geez, I'm going to have this for life," and it was like, once the bone healed, pff, yeah, I, I'm actually, I'm actually of the opinion, we don't even need cartilage. <laughs> yeah.
0: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this is a tough one. Like, I've I've had a lot of injuries and and uh, been lucky a few times. I think where. Kind of like trained through injuries, um, and yeah, kind of like caught a break with that, I guess. Like I've, what was the one like before Melbourne? I guess I was kind of risking it. It was like touch and go. Yeah, with the fema with thing. the fema, yeah. and ended up winning your first. W- yeah, ended up winning my first marathon. marathon. So I think that was a bit of a a quarter break there where I could have easily, and yeah. I knew it at the time, but it's just like hard when you got like a good amount of money to win. Yeah, and it's, it's like, a risk, right? Yeah, and okay. like I think I'm one that always kind of take taken risks like that and sometimes they paid offers.
1: Yes, sometimes, sometimes don't. I don't they haven't, yeah. My, I would say another lucky break for you is something my mum always talks about with you that time my parents came out to Falls Creek. This is sort of probably my second year in running with MTC and you were injured. You had that mm. hip thing yeah. and you were doing caddy reps out and you were running like 320s or something yeah. like And you were – and my, I remember my mum said she looked at you like you, you were like never run again. That's yeah. what it looked like. Like yeah. you were just – you couldn't run. And you were, remember you kept – you were stressing out on the long run and you were like looking back to like me and Jack and being like, hey, am I running crooked? And I remember – although it was me and Grego. You're like, am I running like different? And honestly, you looked like you were cooked and we were stressing out how to tell you how bad you looked. Yeah, well, I, I didn't – because I remember – the first time you guys told me, I thought you were joking. Yeah, that's what I was. And I was just like, what do you mean? I'm not running like that. Yeah. And we're like, no, yeah. you're seriously, you're limping. And yeah. And then it was one of those things where what you just had to call call your call it for a little bit. I actually I actually went
0: home for a funeral and I saw my old like massage therapist there. And he just like pretty much fixed me. Yeah. And then I ended up having probably the best Track season, I've yeah, I was hired, straight on to that's, Europe and well, when ran PBs, 13, 13, 13, right? 15, yeah, 13, 15, and uh, four, and won some races, yeah. So yeah, I don't know, like there's always yeah things like that. I guess you can always be get down in the dumps, but things do turn around pretty quickly
1: too. Fucking hope so.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> um, Josh McKenzie, never seen Brett in the Alpha Fire before. Any reason for the change in London Mara? Um,
0: yeah, I. Spoke to the people from Nike when I was in Oregon and um, for pre this year, and they said, You got to be wearing alpha flies for marathons. So they said it's definitely better. Um, But heaps of people still struggle to wear them. Like you look at uh, Bashir Abdi, who came third at the Olympics, he still doesn't, he still wears the vapor flies. But um, they said the benefits you get later in the race is worth like they, they don't, I don't feel they feel as fast. Yeah, they're not as fast. Have you worn Alpha <laughs> no, flies? No, never they don't feel as fast, they're a bit softer and that but I feel like my legs at the end of London were so much better yeah. compared to my other marathons
1: like you're yes, breaking after down after 30 to 35k yeah. sort of Yeah, well, that's,
0: that's what they say it's just what it saves you. Yeah. Like it might feel not quite as comfortable but you will feel way better towards,
1: towards the end. end. Yeah, yeah, your legs just aren't breaking down as much. So and that's a very hard thing to sort of put, you know, to make a decision on when you're in training because you're never in that state right yeah. so you're doing these 20k sessions in alpha flies thinking I wish I was in vaporflies right now but it's like well you sort of need to be you should be probably be training in what you're gonna race in. Yeah. And yeah, it's like that last five to ten K. Yeah. because really-
0: I've done like marathon sessions in Vaporflies. And then when I was doing my Alpha Flies, I'm like, I feel so close to my limit here. Yeah. Like running three minute Ks. And then I would go uh like a lot closer to my limit than I do in Vaporflies. But then yeah, at the end of London I'm like, okay, I feel like I'm still moving well, so yeah, I think. But I think you should try to if you want to wear flies, train them a fair bit because yeah. they do make you run a bit different. Yeah, just because they're so high.
1: Yeah, that's uh, the thing with all the super shoes. It's like, yeah, they do make make you run different. Yeah. Um, Angela Jeb, what are the best days of a training week to do strength sessions?
0: I I don't know what you do. I prefer to do it on my harder session days. Yeah. So one so I'm not tired from my sessions and then I just have my easy days as real easy days. They're just like
1: purely about recovery. Um, what do you do? That's what I usually do. yeah uh, definitely what I what I usually do when I'm in hot, like full-on training that's that's what I'm doing. Um, but actually it was f- Jack. Who told me? So in his return from injury, he was doing them on um, Monday, Wednesday, and he's like, "When you're coming back from an injury, it's sort of like you can sort of get through the training if you're not if the gym that you're doing is not like a crazy amount." Um, And so I changed to that where I was doing it actually on so Wednesday and Friday, Um, and I didn't really notice it. I don't really notice the fatigue on the threshold. Yeah, you probably do get used to it as well. I think. Depends what type of gym you're doing too. That's the thing. Like I'm not, mine is probably more injury prevention focused rather than like lifting heavy, you know. But if you're like, say Ryan Gregson, when he was doing, you know, he's 15, like the crazy stuff he'd be doing. Yeah. You can't be doing that on the day you're supposed to be recovering from your track session. Yeah. Which is the Wednesday. It depends on, uh, yeah,
0: exactly. It depends on also like (laughs) how much time you got in the day. For sure. Because like, I, I train at like nine thirty in the morning and then I don't do my gym till four thirty five, like right before my evening run. Um, I think if you're doing it can be a huge morning if you start going um, big session and then straight into the gym, like yeah. like without and then like when you're getting your food in and all that. So you gotta make and sure split it up. Split it up a little bit. It depends on how much you're running it as well. Like yeah. if you're not running like i run a lot so it's like hard for me to fit it in anywhere really
1: yeah that's what Um, i could i could do when i'm back into like um when i bring gym back onto a tuesday i can you know push it a bit hard that tuesday afternoon because i'm not running again yeah i can i can find i can do gym and then jump on the elliptical as like you know after gym and it's fine whereas the impact of running again after gym it's a little bit yeah more difficult
0: um, from C Toro 23 post marathon block, how many weeks, how long
1: training wise would it take to sharpen up for a 1500? Well, I think for an elite athlete, it's a little bit different. So, and obviously I can't answer that cause I'm not a marathon athlete. So you might be able to answer that a bit better, but for my, um, you know, the recreational runners that I coach, uh, my plan again, you know, for them, the, the ones that ran Melbourne, I want them, um, Focusing on a bit more speed over summer, uh, which we talked about a lot. You know, the, my reasoning for that—that uh, that doesn't necessarily mean a fifteen hundred. Um, that's a bit different. I think. I think it's. It depends from athlete to athlete, um, but you know, I certainly wouldn't be starting fifteen hundred tra- for my recreational runners. I wouldn't be starting any like f- specific fifteen hundred meter um, training in the four weeks after yeah. the race. I think you have to be pretty careful. Because you've got two weeks of pretty much recovery and then two weeks of like returning to normal running yeah. before you want to start speed. Yeah. Is that sort of what you think?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think like it's always a risk. Like uh, well, how many weeks am I post-marathon now? Uh, like three or four. Yeah. And I did some fire leg on Saturday, which was like minute on minute off and I pulled up so bad from that. But
1: how fast was the ons? Um, like 240 pace, yeah, about
0: 240. Yeah, which,
1: which is, is a lot not smaller
0: like, than 1500, yeah, yeah. Um, that's 5k, 5K pace, pace right? yeah. So, <laughs> Imagine but doing I think <laughs> it was for me, it was the acceleration, yeah, that was just getting me. Um, where did you pull up bad? Everywhere, really. I like my hip flexors, my hammies, my calves. Did you do it with anyone? Stewie, and how's um, he on the he, he, he said, it, yeah, so he it's funny because I'm good at the recoveries, yeah, that's and like, he's <laughs> good at the um, the, the minutes, um. But yeah, because what are you recovering at? Three minute? Uh, probably about three fifty. No, three fifteens. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, I think you have to be careful and wait until your body's ready before you can start doing it. But I remember I ran a really good K in training. Um, it was probably six weeks after London Marathon in twenty nineteen. Yeah, and like yeah, I was was that as, one? Uh, where was that at? I was in Spain, yeah, but it was just—it wasn't a race. It was just in training. Okay. But I ran, I think, two for a k, which is like my fastest ever k. Even when I was running five k's, like I don't reckon I could like that would have been my PB. So sounds like a short course, <laughs> yeah. I, well, it wasn't for, short for uh, Jordy and Gregor that day. <laughs> 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 what they run <laughs> over two thirty? No, no, they ran about two twenty-two, two twenty-three. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I think. As long as your body feels good, then you can get into it. So yeah. it's getting your body
1: fine first. Yeah, we do get a lot of these questions, um, you know, when they're often specific to an individual, you know, and it's just hard to for us to just do a blanket rule on mm-hmm. like yes or no. Yeah. Um, Matt McKenzie, did Brett ever find his race bib from the Rio final or nah? Do you know this story? I don't, but we were talking about it before. You say that everyone does and they obviously don't because I don't
0: um yeah so well he he matt mckenzie obviously does um <laughs> yeah so going into the final i just rocked up and i didn't have my bib with me from the heat and i just assumed that you they would just give me, me new bibs like and <laughs> so because i think what confused me was luke matthews ran two races but they're like because he got kicked out of the heats. Gotcha. He got kicked out in the 1500. But I, so he had two bibs. So yeah. I just assumed they were just giving bibs out in every single race. But was, he was two different events. Like
1: now I think about it, I'm like, ah, oh, makes sense. Yeah. But, but I can um, easily see where you made the mistake.
0: Yeah. So I've rocked up and there was no, um, they're like, where's your bib? And it was me and another, one of the guys from Eritrea, like, where's your bib? And I was like, not here. <laughs> 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 Certainly not here. Yeah. And uh, they were like, Panicking, like, oh, we've got to print off a new one. And the race started like 15 minutes late because of it. Really? Yeah. So it was it was the third last race of the Olympics. Um, I think after that was just two relays or something. Yeah. But yeah, it was just a bit, like a 15-minute break in the program just because
1: of like me and this other <laughs> guy. That would
0: have been very stressful.
1: Did you, How did you deal with it? Or did well, you be very so, focused and you just thought?
0: Um, yeah, it stressed me out. Probably would have gone a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh <laughs> So what was the most stressful part was they took everyone else out, oh. not onto the starline, but like right next to the to the track, so yeah. still under the thing, but we were just like left back in the first <laughs> core room. Um and then the, then they took us, and then, but it was funny like Mo Farah and like Bernard Lagat were there and they were just like so casual about it. they were like oh what's going on I'm like, I forgot my bib and they're just like laughing and like, <laughs> um, yeah so I, I actually don't know if I have that bib or not though <laughs> <laughs> I, I think but. Why I didn't take it as well is because they gave us these paper bib, bibs and yeah. they were terrible quality. It was literally just like a sheet of paper. And I, because it was really hot, I was wearing an ice vest. So it was all ruined anyway. Yeah. So I, that's what I was thinking. Surely if they're giving these paper ones out, it's just like a normal A4 piece of paper.
1: Yeah. So they'll just give me a new one. But I heard that Olympics was not the best organized though, right? They probably it, wouldn't have been thinking, hmm, the athletes are going to have ice vest. Yeah, yeah,
0: it wasn't the best one. But um, compared to like some of them when you get, get these like nice... Like cotton bibs or yeah. ones that they iron on for you and stuff. But yeah, it wasn't the best Olympics. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That brings us to the end of it. So perfect. Um, jump on board for November. It's about to start. That's right. I cannot wait for everyone
1: to see my lack of emoji. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> All right. See you guys. Thanks, guys.